Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Lauren Power. Lauren, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, it's an absolute pleasure and what a name to have being an estate agent, right? I've heard that a few times. Yeah, yeah. I bet you have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like with me with Opening the Gates, it was a good surname to, to have for, for the business and the, and the podcast, so you've got to, got to take the opportunities when they come at you. Definitely, it works well. So I wanted to start this podcast um, looking back at the start of this year mm-hmm. um, and how this year kind of started for you, um, because it wasn't a great start, was it? No, it wasn't. So can you just, for, for the listeners who, 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 who don't know you and, and don't know what I'm referring to, can you kind of go into a little bit of detail of, of how 2023 started for you? Sure. Well, um, more towards the end of last year, um, I was in a job I absolutely loved. I felt I'd be there long term um, and out of the blue one day was told I was being made redundant. Um, Wasn't particularly handled that well. Um, It was a, yep, you've been made redundant, done, you're out sort of thing. So the start of the year and the back end of last year was really me figuring out what I want to do with my life. What was that like, that period of, like you just said, figuring out what you want to do with your life? Because I think there'll be a lot of agents listening to this who might have gone through something similar, or they might be in that figuring out of, I don't know, do they want to open another office? They want to relocate to a different area. Do they want to go self-employed? There's a lot of like figuring out something I've, I've done myself recently. So what was going through your mind at the end of last year and start of this year? Um, I think initially I was quite scared because, you know, I've got bills, I've got mortgage, etc. First thought was, oh God, what do I do? Yeah. Um, you know, rates are rising, the market's changing, are there many employed roles out there and quite niche roles as to what I was doing? It's not like just going back into a high street role, something like that wouldn't have fulfilled me. Um, so it was really just analysing what my options were, trying to remain positive um, and going with what my heart was telling me more than my head in all honesty so my head was telling me look for an employed role um go back to a salary you know a regular monthly income etc but my heart was telling me I'm I was just about to turn 31 do I want to go back into an employed role where the same thing could happen to me in three years time I know I didn't yeah so it's kind of where you were it's like you you've got in your head of I'm at a certain age now and actually I want my destiny to be in my hands, be in charge of whether I succeed or fail. Because you yeah, if you're in if you're in this isn't against employment, because I was employed for a very long time, but essentially everything you could be doing everything you can, but tomorrow it could be taken away from you. Um yeah. so yeah, and I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I felt very much out of control because what I wanted was to remain in my job. I liked it. I liked the company I worked for. It wasn't ever really going to be my choice to leave. So the decision was very much taken out of my hands and I felt like my whole life was a bit up in the air, really. So it was really taking control of what I wanted to do and putting myself in a position where this wasn't going to happen again because it wasn't a nice feeling. So fast forward to um, going self-employed and being back on the coalface day-to-day uh, as an agent we're going to run through some of your figures but before we do that you remember your first listing 
that you got yes tell us about that how did that come about um so the first thing I did was I mean I've been an estate agent for over 10 years nearly 12 years I've got a lot of contacts in my phone so the first thing I did was ring around anyone that I've previously sold for um and family ask family to help ask friends to help so my first one came from a recommendation from a friend and we didn't have right move we didn't have zoopla we didn't have on the market we didn't have a website i didn't have business cards i was just sat in this person's lounge saying this is what we can do but not yet so so a couple of really like interesting things there so so the the last bit you said of you're in someone's living room and you you're not on any of those portals you haven't got business cards etc but you've got all this experience of being an agent so you can give them advice on the market so you haven't let that uh step in your way of giving someone advice and i think i've had this conversation with a lot of agents as i'm sure you have lauren with, with with um with the work you've done before where someone might go yeah but my leaflets aren't ready so i'm not going to go like door knocking or, or, or whatever or oh my website's not ready so i don't want to give someone a business card so what if I go to my website and it doesn't work so that was really interesting and then you said about ringing through the contacts in your phone so if I understood it correctly so you're ringing through and speaking to people a friend you've spoken to whilst you've not done business with them directly from that phone conversation they have gone to someone else and said you should speak to Lauren or they've said Lauren you should speak to them so it's that classic of I think we I don't know again can look at a a phone book and go oh that i'm not going to do business with them i'm not going to do business with them again it's that second connection isn't it yeah. who do you know in your sphere of influence that needs help navigating this market like that's that's brilliant so so that's where that came from yeah and at, at first it was a bit like daunting going back through my contacts and people i hadn't spoken to in ages and also as well trying to sift out who they even are um some of them I could have sold houses for and probably couldn't remember the address they were just the name and you know first part of the address in my phone so it took a fair bit of courage I'd say to do that and without having anything to give them or really tell them um there was someone I spoke to a neighbor actually um and she said well what's the name of the business and I said well I don't know yet um but I will in a few weeks that's that that very um yeah, reminiscent of myself. Obviously, we, we've worked together and it's like uh, when we first chatted about what I'm doing now, right at the start of it, and it was kind of like, look, not sure exactly what this looks like, but we've worked together before and it was like, we know this should, should help one another, let's do it. So, yeah, um, I'm completely with you on that. So, um, in terms of your figures, you officially started on 1st of February. I think I probably did a valuation or two the last week in January, but officially start of Feb. So we're recording this middle of August. So it's you're, you're roughly six months in. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm okay to say these figures, yeah? Yeah. So seven completions, mm-hmm. one exchange, mm-hmm. uh, listings live and in the pipeline right now, 26. Mm-hmm. another five to go live seven that have come off the market so in total 46 listings have come to market yeah if you if you if someone had said to you when you're first thinking of doing this in the darkest days of the start of the year when you were like what the hell am i doing if someone said to you 
46 different people would trust you to market their home what would you have said uh, I'd have been happy with 15 at this stage <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I'd have, I'd have been very happy with that but um it's not my first time being self-employed so I've been self-employed for an online agent and I've been very much used to dealing with high volume there so although 15 was my goal I'm the sort of person that that'll never really then be enough yeah no I know you mean they, they, I think it's referred to as a hedonic treadmill you you constantly want more if someone had said to me six months ago I'd be where I am I would yeah. have snapped their arm off but I still want want more um, which I think is a, a good mindset to have. So talk us through then, you said about ringing through the phone book. Of those 46 listens, surely all of them couldn't have just come from the phone no. book. Where, where, where else have, have you been getting your listings from? Um, social media, quite a lot have come through social media, um, posting in community groups, introducing myself, posting my properties in community groups, and a tip from you, always putting the instant valuation on. Um, nearly everything that I do within the community groups, even if it doesn't say book evaluation, it's a new property, having that instant val tool on there and then following up with them straight away. So so on, so posting on Facebook and then whatever that post is, there's a link through to instant val tool and then you're getting people completely instant val tool and then you're doing something with, with that data. Yeah, so the first time I ever did it in my local community group and I live in quite a small village, um, I got 25 instant valuations and I think seven of these instructions came from that. I didn't know <laughs> that. Maybe we've spoken briefly, but that's that's insane. Yeah. And actually, I remember, I remember, I think, I, I can't remember if we were on a Zoom or it was a WhatsApp conversation or, or whatever it was. And I, I remember you saying roughly those figures and the post, I think the post was... It, it wasn't like, and I, I mean this with the utmost respect, it wasn't like Albert Einstein, was it? It was a really like simple post, like not overcomplicated, just like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Here's my details. And if you want an instant valve ticket. Yeah, that was literally it. Hi, I'm Lauren. This is a little bit about me. But rather than word it as to find out what your home is worth or have an instant valuation, I think I worded it with if if you're looking to sell your home or you know of anyone that could use my help, click the link below. Yeah, nice. That's a brilliant way to, so, and, and on the instant vow then, so you had 25 on that, seven come to market from those rough figures. A lot mm -hmm. of agents I, I speak to poo-poo instant vow tools, so it's a waste of time. And there will be a lot of, of details that, that won't necessarily go there, but mm -hmm. it just goes to show that that simple message utilizing social media and, Again, the simplicity of the message, I see a lot of, the, and I know we've spoken about this as a group, but a lot of agents will do some really useful stuff like top tips to move this summer or uh, spring clean or how to, you know, sell your home with pets and stuff like that, which is really valuable stuff. And it's kind of the jab, jab, jab. But when you're doing that, it allows you to do what you do, which is just that right hook of like, just go in and tell them, look, this is yeah. what I do. I think I can help you click this link. Yeah. And, and it's come through fast. So I think that's, that's brilliant. And without this, this might appear as a bit of a negative question, but I want to see it as a bit more of a learning and, and understand what the market's doing. Mm -hmm. Seven of those listings withdrew. Yeah. What? How, how come? Okay. So one has gone with another agent. 
And I appreciate your honesty on that. Yeah, that ruined my day. I'm not going to lie. I felt like just going home and crying. But yeah. when I looked back at what I'd done, I fully understand the decision to do that. And it's a learning curve for me. So we went on at a higher price that they asked to go on at. I should have, after two weeks, been saying we agreed to come down to X price and we didn't. Um we didn't have any interest and we spoke one day and I said, I'll call you early next week. And I didn't. And the week later I knew I hadn't phoned them. And a part of me then inside really didn't want to the following week because I knew I'd not done something. And just as I was gearing myself up to phone, they phoned me. And I just knew the second my phone rang, this feeling of dread that, yeah, I, you know, that's it sort of thing. So I fully understood that. The others um, have been rented. So they will hopefully come back on in the future. What's um, the, so what's that? Is that with just the way the the kind of climate is at the moment? They're, they've tried to sell a property and they've gone, like, it's not quite selling. We need income. We're going to rent it out. Yeah, so again, with a couple, I think um, I've got to look at my processes because I've said yes to going on at a higher price than I believe it's worth. We've not had the interest, which has then led to them renting. Um, so, you know, yes, they'll come back in the future, but that's seven potentials that I've not sold, that I've spent a lot of time on, photos, et cetera, ID checks, viewings, that then I haven't, I haven't got anything for at the end of the day um so yeah I've got to look at my processes going forward and only really taking stuff on at a price I know will sell well I, I absolutely love your uh accountability self-awareness and maturity of saying like that one that's gone with someone else you know it's it, it starts with uh you know probably tears and the kicking of a filing cabinet and going oh god's sake but then you're going to you know I'm yeah, yeah, I need to learn from this. And I, I had something similar recently where I sent a message to someone and I said, I'm really sorry, I've I've not I've not followed up with you. It's completely my fault. Um and and, and they're fine with it and probably fine with the fact that I was honest and said, Look, it's on me, sorry I haven't followed up, rather than saying, Oh yeah, this has happened or that's happened, just go, my bad. So mm -hmm. I really like that. And just on the, those 46 instructions, I'm I'm really like chucking this out now and I don't expect you to have an answer, but do you know, would you, would you hazard a guess on, you know, those 46, how many of those were actually rented properties? Like any of them where they were renting, the landlord's gone, we're getting rid. Um, yeah, good handful. I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but I'm definitely seeing a lot of landlords wanting to sell at the moment. Um, but also seeing some with quite unrealistic expectations of the price yeah. that they're going to achieve yeah. and it's leading them back to renting it again. Yeah. And then uh, follow up questions to that of the 46 listings, any of those where they actually bought that property since COVID? Um, since COVID. I think I've had a couple, yeah, where they've owned it for two, two years or less. And I imagine there's probably quite a lot who've owned their property for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the people that I'm dealing with at the moment are first-time sellers. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I, think I think that's a really key uh, key one on the first-time seller front because uh, if they're a first-time seller, 
let's just forget for a second you you have been an agent for over a decade but they're a first-time seller they're going with you and, and your business that didn't exist when they bought their home so they've not gone and they're not gone and sold through the agent they bought through mm-hmm. yeah and that that should really be a learning curve for all agents shouldn't it that um it doesn't have to be weekly, monthly, even every six months. But if we keep in contact with the people that have bought through us, that's potential business in five years' time. Yeah, absolutely. My, it was really interesting that and I might have mentioned another podcast, but my friend who's looking to buy at the moment, he's had an awful experience with, with, a, with an estate agent. And uh, he said to me, Simon, I don't get it. Like, if I go to sell this house in five years' time, was his language, I wouldn't mm-hmm. sell through them. And I was yeah. fascinated that he's not even bought the house. And he's saying they've been so bad. If I did end up buying it, I would never sell through them. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting to hear that. Um, a question I wanted to ask you, knowing the numbers that, that you had done, was someone that had actually messaged me some feedback on the podcast and said, could I ask this sort of question? And so it's the first time I'm asking it, um, but it's about structure mm-hmm. around like prospecting. So. Mm-hmm. How on earth have you, as one person, how have you fitted all that in? How, how do you do it? <laughs> um, I mean, I worked for an online agent where we do sometimes 90 valuations a month, 30 instructions. So um, I still feel I've got a bit of time. But you, you do have to be structured and it's hard working from home and being self-employed because no one's going to tell you off if you want to sleep in till 10 o'clock you know, leisurely get dressed and sit down at your laptop at 12 and finish at two. No one is going to tell you you can't do that. Um, So you have to be quite disciplined in that. I'm sat at my laptop. I won't say nine o'clock because I'm not a morning person. It's 9.30. But I'm at my laptop at 9.30 every day, whether I've got a load to do or not. I'm just in that routine of get up, get dressed, sit down. Monday to Saturday is a working day. Um. And I try and, so my listings are quite scattered around Leeds. So if I'm in one area, I try and then tag appointments onto the area. So I'm not running around like a headless chicken. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's really good advice. I randomly, when I was uh, an, an agent in the office I was managing, we were at the office was on the, right on the edge of where the Bucks, Beds, Northampton borders, like meet each other and really randomly, my area i was in those three counties but you could like drive through one county the second county to then be back in the third it, it's strange how, how the map worked but something if i have my time again would just like you said being more structured and disciplined around where i am because if you're going from you know one appointment on the furthest point of the territory you cover and then you go into the other point it's like well if that unfortunately is going to happen through whatever reason, what else can I do whilst I'm in that area to manage my time correctly? Yeah, um, I think I think that's a massive thing. And you said you're not a morning person, so does that mean do you do some work of an evening or or at night? Yeah, um, I I do a lot of admin that doesn't need me to be on the phone on an evening. Um, and that way no one's phoning me I'm less likely to get distracted 
Um, sometimes I'll do it on a morning. I like to look at my diary on a Monday or a Sunday and then plan my diary for the week. So seeing what appointments I've got, I will always tag appointments on where I can. I don't like to go out at 10, come back and go out at two and come back. I like them to be all in one block. And that way I can allocate time for like lead gen, admin and other things. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I completely with you there. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense on the... um doing things in the evening like undistracted because again if you if you were to go right I don't know between the hours of 10 and 11 I am going to do x I don't know prospecting mm -hmm. but actually you're going to get lots of incoming messages or phone calls or emails yeah. it doesn't make sense does it if you know that's an hour in your day where you're going to get a lot of inbound activity maybe not the the right time to do the outbound stuff so so being sensible on choosing what times and what days to do the activities yeah yeah it doesn't mean that you have to work every evening I think um something I learned previously when again being with an online agent is I burnt out quite quickly um because I do like helping people I like working with people and therefore I struggle to say no so yeah. I was out at all times. So now I try and be, again, a bit more disciplined with that in that I'll have evenings off for myself or, you know, certain evenings, certain full days off. Um, I've booked a week off that I'm going to try and have a week off and just have a bit of time for myself and get my head in the right place to then come back and be fully focused. I love that. I, I'm, the, I'm the same. I found it strange in the going into the sort of self-employed bit. Uh, making sure I give myself a strict time of right cut off and mm -hmm. and and give time for yourself so that you can then give give it back to others um mm -hmm. and actually sometimes I think there's been times when it could be six seven eight o'clock in the evening and I'm going you know what I've, my energy's actually gone I'm mm -hmm. actually it's not really helping me or, or the clients that I'm working with I might I should just go walk the dogs or go watch football just ch chill out and come back to it tomorrow when my when my energy is is back where it needs to be so, yeah so you mentioned uh time off so I think we both know and anyone listening to this knows how uh addictive a state agency is and you said about you know hard to say no and, and helping people so when you're not working a state agency hat on what are you doing to to switch off um it's gonna sound really sad because I don't switch off that often but I try to um I mean I've got a week off I've made sure I've got plans nearly every day so that I can't just fall back into oh well I may as well just look at my laptop and do yeah, this yeah. um I, I have to have plans to get out of the house so I'll see friends I'll see family I'll go and do things that I like to do plan to have friends around and cook etc or you know go out for a walk and things that make me happy that isn't just sitting at home because my laptop will come out that's, a, that's such a good point uh because when you were saying that I was like if I've got time off and I don't have anything planned I just I immediately will be go to my laptop right what what can I do whereas actually if I've got golf in the diary and I've got to be at the course because I'm playing with someone and there you go. So I like that having something like set that, that you're going to be doing. Yeah. And a holiday as well. Having a holiday where I'm going to fully switch off will be really nice. And but how 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 do you how do you feel about that? Because it, again, self-employed, like like it's you. Yeah. 
how, how do you feel about going on holiday? Um, I think a big part of it is the relationships that you build with your sellers. So all of my sellers know it's my own business. They know it's only me. Um, they know that I'm human and I need time off. And I've told quite a few already that I've said, you know, I'm happy to show people around whilst you're off or if there's anything I can do, let me know. But also as well, we've got agents close by that can support me with that as well as I can with them when they're away. Yeah. Um, but it's it's setting people's expectations. I'm not going to not tell anyone and just go away for a week. Um, <laughs> they, all, like... they all of a sudden see you sunning yourself somewhere and they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's having good relationships with people does take a bit of pressure off. Whereas, again, online agent, it wasn't that kind of personal relationship and expectations were quite high. Um, but you were dealing with high volume, so you struggled to, you know, maintain relationships and let 90 people know you were going away for three days. Um, but this way of being self-employed makes things much easier, I, I think, personally, anyway. I'm sure there'll still be a lot of calls and still be a fair bit to do. Yeah, I, th I think, yeah, that's going to happen. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on holiday in, uh, in September and, you know, I won't be actively working um but there's there's going to be reactive stuff and there's nothing yeah. wrong with replying to a to a whatsapp here or there like um you know i'm sure there's times when we perhaps whatsapp to each other uh, of an evening and it's like i wouldn't quite you know wouldn't class that as work if someone asked me a question at eight at night it's like, oh simon i've just listened to a podcast and you mentioned x like can you help with that it's yeah i'll just message back and if you don't i don't know for me when i go on holiday yes, you need to switch off. But also if you just switch off completely, you might then come back to a ridiculous amount of work. You need another holiday before the day's out. And you got back. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, you're right there. And at the end of the day, it's my business. I enjoy what I do. So dealing with WhatsApp messages or emails or little things that I can do, I don't see as work. It, it doesn't yeah, okay. bother me to do that. Yeah, no, I'm, I definitely, definitely when you enjoy it, it yeah, you feel like work. Yeah. Like sort of blend. Um, so just going back to end of Jan, start mm -hmm. of February, knowing what you know now, is there anything you would have done differently if you had your time again? I'd have done it sooner. Uh, okay. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone says that. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd have done it a lot sooner. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've had a very good result yesterday. I think I could have done a, a little bit more. You know, the seven that I've withdrawn, could I have done a little bit more to save those? Um, could I have replaced them a little bit quicker? Um, could I have been a bit more focused with my time? Um, could I have utilised some of the instructions that I've got to find more in terms of tw sending 2020s and things like that? Then, yes, I think going into next year, I want to spend a good couple of weeks looking at what's worked really well this year, what hasn't worked so well what I can improve on, what I can spend a bit less time on um, and be then super focused for next year. Yeah, definitely. I, I love it saying that. It's like, right, without wishing this year away, because there's still a lot left to do, mm -hmm. look at where you're at so far and what you can improve on next, next year. Because I think so, so many um, agents uh, can just get to... January 2nd or whatever day it's, it's going to be in 2024 and, and then be going right what do we need to do it's like you're a few months behind the people who've already been thinking that 
Yeah. Yeah. I like planning. I'm a person that will plan. I like lists and so on. Um, so I, I do enjoy that side of it. And I think that that planning will always help you keep focused if you've always got something written down to go back to. Yeah, 100%. Um, right, coming towards the end of the podcast, we've got a uh, sort of couple of quick five questions to ask you and then the uh, the ending question. So you've been in the industry uh, a long time, but you, you're someone who is, you know, got an open mind, forward thinking, as you've clearly um, shown on this podcast, uh, self-aware and, and looking to, to get better. So is there like any like, books you've read that you'd recommend agents uh should read or a podcast they should listen to apart from this one obviously um and any p any people you kind of get like inspiration from at all podcasts I find great because I can listen in my car and I do listen to a lot of your podcasts I think listening to people in the industry what's working for them what's not working for them what they'd have done differently that's that's what's going to help you to improve and drive your business. Yeah, I love that. And so saying you'd listen to a podcast and the conversation we've had, is there a question you wish I had asked you or something I've missed I should have asked you? Or am I just such a fantastic host? I've asked the right question. <laughs> um, I think we've gone through the why self-employment and I do believe a lot more agents should consider self-employment I understand it's not for everyone it's daunting you know I got my first completion in I think May end of May and January to May it was hard really not having any money not being able to go out and do things and having to try and grow a business with minimal money but now you know I'm so thankful that I did it and I think it's just getting over that initial three four five months of being self-employed I'd say to anyone who's kind of considering it to to like properly look into it or just go and do it uh, and uh, this isn't uh, an advert for the, for the self-employed model um but I know that there's a lot of agents who do listen to this podcast who are on you know in that sort of no man's land of do, do they do it and whilst I'm not a self-employed estate agent I had the same thing that you've just said for, for doing uh what I'm doing and it's yeah the timing was actually it just made me think on what you said something I didn't didn't comment earlier you mentioned about contemplating doing what you're doing now and there's all sorts of doubts that go on head mortgage etc you mentioned mm-hmm. about interest rates rising and it's, it's fascinating how our brain works because you look at this market now our brains are like well hang on a minute it's a it's a tough market interest rates rising whereas yes. three years ago let's say three years ago it would have been hang on a minute we're in a pandemic mm-hmm. like this is crazy maybe i shouldn't be leaving a job or, mm-hmm. or, or looking to set up something so it's like when is when is the right time timing will never be right no. it'll, ne- it'll never be the right time but it will be the right time for you yeah so for me i had a couple of offers for employed roles that they would have been fantastic they were with great companies they were good jobs um but my gut was just telling me it wasn't right for me and I had to at least try this yeah that, that if I is- tried and failed then at least I'd have tried yeah can you can you remember can you remember the moment and it's excuse my French now Lauren sorry to the listeners but 
Do you remember the moment where you went, fuck it? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, and I remember my grandma's face because I was sat with my grandma. He <laughs> would have said, have a stable income. And she was <laughs> very much in favour of an employed job. Um, but, I mean... Uh, Levi and Julian, my business partners, I'd met up with them quite a few times. We'd discussed things. And when people kept saying to me, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to accept that offer or do this? And I think my my head was very much saying, take the employed role. But there was just no like fire in my belly about it. And there was about this. And I think, yeah, I was in Costa with my grandma and she was saying to me, you know, what are you going to do? And I think it literally was just a fuck it moment. We are going to do this. It will work. We'll make it work. And that is what I want to do. Yeah, I, I asked that question um, is during January. I was like umming and ahhing. And then it was, I think the last Friday in January finished at whatever it was, five 5.30. And I just said to my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, next next week I'm doing it. She's like, you've been contemplating like this the whole month. You've been like really thinking about the pros and cons. And it's like, what's happened? Why is there just, and it was like, I've just got that feeling now that it's, mm -hmm. it's right. Um, yeah. yeah, that was interesting to hear. So um, last, well, penultimate question. Mm -hmm. um, just going back to sort of something that was discussed earlier about like time and, and being productive with it. Is there mm -hmm. any like pieces of tech you've used in the last six months that have helped you like with time or uh, in prospecting or marketing? So, you know, like a Google Chrome extension or a mobile phone app or a website, is there anything you've used? Um, in terms of tech, so I'm not the most techy person, um, but I mean, for well, for prospecting, you've got tools out there, haven't you, that are great. You've got home search, you've got information works, you've got yeah. things that can make life a lot easier than handwriting notes and going out and delivering them. Yeah. You've got tools like Rightmove Plus, you've got extensions like Patna to yeah. look at. That comes in really handy for door knocking because you can see reductions, you can see dates, you can see any changes. Yeah, well... That's straight out of my library. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, most of it's come from you, hasn't it? No, but I think the 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 key thing there as well, when you said about the Facebook group earlier of implementation, mm -hmm. because I think that is a big, big struggle. Um, of yeah, you can have you can read all the books you want that will tell you how to go build a business, but actually you've got to you've got to do what the books say, not just read them. Yeah. Um, just like with the uh, the instant vow thing in the Facebook group. Um, right. So last question. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've been listening to podcasts recently, but I've been like new tradition now, very much ripping off the diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett and these conversation cards. Mm -hmm. Have you heard any episodes I've done with this? No. Okay, right. That's fine. That makes it even better. So basically I open up here and they are utterly random questions. So I have no idea what question I'm about to ask you. Um, so what Stephen Bartlett does in his podcast, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, someone writes a question for the next guest and they don't know who the next guest is going to be. Uh, so let's have a, a look. Um, so this this question was answered by Bear Grylls. Okay. Um, and it was asked by Chris Eubank Jr. So you've got a question being asked by a boxer being answered <laughs> by like world explorer. Um, so... This is a good question. So the question is, where 
will you be in five years? Oh, okay. Um, in five years, I will have a team around me that supports my business. I don't want to be a solo agent forever. Um, so I see my team growing to have admin, potentially like marketing support and agents. And of course, building up the main, the home movement with self-employed agents and supporting them to build their business. I love that answer. Um, it, it reminds me of, a, uh, of an interview I had when I was 16. And maybe I was a bit of a cocky uh, little so-and-so. And they said, where do you see yourself in five years' time? And I said, hopefully not working for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and I think I still remained in that business uh, for nearly a decade after uh, after that as well so um yeah maybe that sense of humor um worked quite well to keep me in that business for a very long time but <laughs> I think that I think that's been um uh, an exceptional interview um Lauren I knew like some of the stats obviously before we're going to record this but the way you've described in which it's happened has made me realize even more like the success you've had so so kudos to you um for anyone listening um I'm sure Lauren would be happy to chat if you reach out to her um and yeah if you can like uh subscribe review share this podcast um it will help me hopefully i'll monetize it one day uh get some sponsors in or something <laughs> um build a team like lauren was saying uh but no jokes aside um lauren thank you very much for, for being an amazing guest i really appreciate it no thank you for having me and and thank you as well for all your support in helping us with growing our business you know the ideas and advice that you give me has been fantastic so thank you